Welcome back to the Macro Ball Podcast. This is episode 14, and I am joined with a special guest today. His name is Peter Knight. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. Thank you, Mac. Good to be here. It's good to have you. Um, this has been a long time in the making. I've been trying to recruit your services for a bit. Um, being that you're one of the forefront voices of the NBA, I, I needed to have you on oh, to have a chat about the NBA. I know you're a T-Wolves fan. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, but yeah, so on today's episode, I just wanted to give a short insight into my guest, uh, into Peter's uh, life up to this point. Uh, we'll talk a bit about some recent off-season news. Uh, we'll talk about Pete's Minnesota Timberwolves. They've been all in the news all off-season, so that should be interesting. Uh, I want to talk a bit about the Raptors as a homer, and then we're going to pick some topics literally out of a hat. And uh, Pete has actually brought a topic of his own to discuss, so we'll get into that shortly. And finally, I have a very special bonus segment at the end. I'm very excited for this. I think you'll like it as well. Uh, so stay tuned. You won't want to miss that. So, so yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. You were born and raised in Townsville, Queensland. Is that correct? I was born in Townsville. Okay. I kind of grew up all over the shop. Bit of time in Armadale, New South Wales, Mackay, North Queensland. And then uh, yeah, parents reside up there in Townsville. Right. Okay. And does is it North Queensland that has a basketball team or Townsville or neither? Townsville used to have a basketball team, the Townsville Suns, and then it turned into the Townsville Crocodiles. Right. Um, but they folded because they couldn't get more than like 2,000 people <laughs> to a game. Okay. Uh, but Cairns have a team, the Cairns Taipans. Oh, that's right, the Taipans. And for those that don't know, that's a type of snake. I believe one of the deadlier snakes uh, amongst a pile of them here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I believe it is the second most venomous on earth. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Hopefully, we don't run into a taipan the next time we go on a hike. Well, fun fact: my granddad was actually bitten by an inland taipan wow. in uh, outback Queensland, and um, one of the I think he's the second person ever to receive the anti venom uh, and survive. But uh, yeah, he had a pretty rough time with it. Wow, that's crazy. It is. I remember reading before I came over here to Australia that uh, like obviously you look into the snakes and spiders thing, and it's like not that many people die like. A, only a handful of people, if any, have died from spiders. And then the snakes thing, I think the numbers are very low. Correct. But because it's like eight of the most, eight of the 10 deadliest snakes are here, it's like, oh my God, we're all going to die. Exactly. Like, and this is back in the 60s. He's a geologist. And for the most part, if you leave him alone, but there was a taipan coiling underneath his car. <laughs> he went to just get it out. Uh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I remember one time I got off a... Uh, Got off the train, went into the into my car in the parking lot, and I went to close the door. the 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 window had been cracked all day, and it was in the summer. Went to close the door, and there was a spider right on the door handle. I almost jumped out of my seat. So that was my first encounter with a huntsman. Um, so that was fun. But uh, yeah, so Townsville is the unofficial capital of Northern Queensland. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. I guess sure. Yeah, I think they call it that. Kinda. Yeah. Oh, it's the biggest town in North Qu or the most. Popu the highest population, right? I think so. It's pretty much on par with Cairns, but uh, mm. look, that's where the Cowboys reside and that's religion up there for them, so they'll take it. Might as well be the center of attention, yeah. It's actually the fourth largest city in Queensland after Brisbane, the Gold Coast, and the Sunshine Coast. I thought Toowoomba was bigger, but apparently not. Um, but yeah, so what's, just briefly, what's life like in Townsville, Mackay, etc.? Uh, look, I think it's got the lowest amount of teeth per capita up there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, look, it's a it's a very relaxed place back there. So it's um, it's ridiculously hot. It's very nice in winter. If I maintain that if it had a uh, climate anything like Brisbane or below, it would have a population over a million easy. Easy. It's a very beautiful place. Yeah. It it does. It is technically like Brisbane's subtropical. Yeah. And then is Townsville considered tropical? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But um, in general, up there, it's a very relaxed lifestyle. Um, you know, not many people wear shoes for the most part. Thongs are more official up there. Yeah. You got uh, your dress thongs and you got your casual Javiana <laughs> exactly, thongs. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, just a very sort of relaxed, smaller town up there. Okay, cool. I think you exude a lot of Townsville, your attitude towards life and stuff. So that's cool. Um, from what I read, there weren't a lot of super famous athletes or really celebrities from Townsville, from what I could tell in my research. Probably most famously is Julian Assange, um, who's in the news uh, for being a bad boy. <laughs> uh, he's the editor-in-chief and the director of WikiLeaks. So, yeah, he's, I, from what I could tell, the most famous native of Townsville after yourself. Uh, 
That's right. Probably globally. I think there's a lot of NRL players, I think, that yeah. sort of reside there, but I don't really think they make it on a global scale, do they? No, not necessarily. Um, but yeah, that's a fair point. So you also used to live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, correct? That is correct. Nice. And what was it like when you were living there? How did you enjoy your time? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So being a um, NBA fan in, in 2012, basically in Australia, you can either go to the UK for two years on a visa up until you're 30 or Canada. Uh, and I chose Canada. And then when looking at cities, I chose Toronto purely because there is an NBA team there. Uh, initially, I actually wanted to go to the States, but the visa was much more difficult. Uh, so I chose Toronto, but mm. no, I had a great couple of years there. I was very fortunate. I made some really good friends over there. Nice. Um, yeah, love that city. Did you go to any Raptors games? Plenty, plenty. So I worked um, just down the road from it. Yeah. Uh, so you just take the underground path. And That's this was great. back before they were popular. So I could get tickets in the day of a game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they hadn't made the playoffs at this point in what, seven years or something like that. Um, so like my first game I went to there, the Golden State Warriors were visiting uh, it would have been in January 2013, and I think it's like 12 bucks for the nosebleed tickets, and wow. it was half empty. And that game, watching the teams warm up, and I saw um, Jarrett Jack warming up, yep. and I was like, this guy's it. Never mind that <laughs> Steph Curry guy over there. I was like, this guy doesn't miss. This is unreal. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah. So, you've seen the Raptors win games? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. good, because my thing is I've been to five Raptors games. I've never seen them win. The last time I was at a game was twenty, actually 2013 as well. Uh, I went to see a Heat game, and LeBron was there and all the rest of it. But they lost. Uh, it was like one of the worst games I've ever actually seen. It was like 92 to 78 or something like that. Yeah, wow. Uh, it was when we had Rudy Gay. Oh, yep. Uh, not not the, this fucking guy. Not this fucking guy. <laughs> not the brightest era in Raptors history, but uh, it was an era. Uh, it was an event. I do remember, yeah, LeBron was awesome. And actually, D. Wade really caught my mm. eye a lot. But yeah, it's pretty sad. I've never seen the Raptors win, and I'm like a diehard fan of the team. This time. There's time still. There is, yeah. I'd, I'd love to get back there, but apparently the tickets are really expensive now. It's what happens when you win a championship. Well, oh, that's it. Hey, I don't even know what a nosebleed costs now, but I could. I remember I had the option of getting a season ticket, mm. and it was, I think it was 500 bucks okay. for the nosebleeds. Yeah. I'll just buy the game of, but now 500 bucks for, what, 40 home games would be unreal yeah uh for that type of thing but i went to the first playoffs game that they made um oh no way when they so the, oh that was the game they lost to brooklyn that's correct Paul pierce hit, hit a bunch of fadeaways or whatever correct it was very close towards the end there so and the atmosphere was electric you know yeah. and that was the point that basically it started to become very popular there the leafs sucked <laughs> leafs have always sucked i guess Did, yeah and there was a lot of talk then about it potentially becoming a basketball city but no one would believe it uh, but as the Leafs continue to disappoint, I think that they've got a better shot. Do you have any funny stories or anecdotes about, like, did, did the NBA ever come over to Australia much when, when you were following younger? Um, I mean, we had the, the Sydney 2000 Olympics, which was ah, exciting, having you know the, the dream team here for that. But the NBL was much bigger in the 90s. Like, there were some known stars, I would guess, stars within the circle. Yep. Uh, Leap and Leroy Loggins and guys. <laughs> that probably means nothing to you. Wow. Um, Slam and Sam McKinnon of the Townsville Crocs. These um, are great names. Yeah. Like, they, you know, it was, it was a good league back then. And then it kind of went through this period where it collapsed in itself and now it's starting to have a, a resurgence. Um, but back then, the NBL, you know, they had the training camps. And I think I went to one of the training camps once. Um, you know, it might have been a Leap and Leroy one uh, where you can, you know, they have, like they do in the US where they have their, their camps and whatnot. Yep. Um, but no, it was sort of, you know, the NBA wasn't as big as it is now. I guess it was was harder to digest that information too or get a hold of it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Do you have a favorite NBA memory um, in like NBA history? Uh, look, probably NBA memory. Uh, I guess it's NBA, uh, it is associated. So, me and my buddy from Toronto, we went on a road trip um, from, it was an NBA road trip basically. So we went from Toronto to Detroit to uh, Chicago to Milwaukee. Mm. And just, it it's was a good a, road trip. Yeah, it was. Um, basically just to watch the games. And so we went down to Detroit to the Palace when it was still out there. It was a Tuesday night. I think the tickets were like... I thought it was like a dollar a ticket there. Uh, yeah. No, we paid for the premium seats. It was like 25 bucks or 30 Ooh, bucks. You rich and folks. where we were was... So you got the three courtside seats and then the first row back oh, just behind the, the yeah, nets. Yep. So pretty much courtside. Oh, it was insane. Like I just remember at the time 
you know, Andre Drummond seeing him and being like, like you could see the shoulder hairs at that point. He's like a um, superhuman guy. He's that guy. huge. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, Josh Smith getting up to slam. I was like, holy shit, these guys get up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, just being that close to the action. And we, you know, there was four of us and, um, yeah, we had a few drinks that night and everything and being a bit rambunctious, but... And I got to walk on the court after the game before security yelled at me to like wow. so someone went and sort of distracted them to the side a little bit. I was like, I just want to walk on there, just have a yeah. walk, and then they pretty quickly yell at you. But yeah, and that was a, I guess that's less of an in-game moment, but definitely like a highlight for uh, my NBA experience. Um, who's your favorite player of all time? Like, if you could do Man Crush Monday, who would you have? Uh, look, historically, it's been Hakeem. Hakeem, oh. when I was growing up, yeah, okay, uh, loved Hakeem. There's something about just that 34, you know, that classic Houston jersey. That's my favorite number, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go, as you're wearing it now. Correct. Um, yeah, Hakeem was like my favorite player growing up, uh, but obviously in the last sort of 10 years, I've become a LeBron stan. Yeah, uh, for that's that fair. Thing. I don't know who hasn't at this point. <laughs> I guess if you like Curry, then you may, maybe you don't like LeBron. Actually, that's true. I guess the, the younger generation probably do feel that way. Yeah, just on that, that reminds me, like in terms of generations, it's pretty funny when you think about there's a generation of NBA fans who know Michael Jordan as the crying face meme, yeah. not as like yep. the incredible, like the greatest player of all time. Yep. He's like somehow exited that part of his life. And now he's a meme, which is a, it's a great meme, but uh, <laughs> it's like almost you want to like shake the kid. Like this is Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's not just a meme, but um, yeah. And that'd be the same people who think of, you know, Charles Barkley as an analyst and, you know, same with Reggie Miller and whatnot. The not funny as a player. Yeah, yeah, he's like the funny fat guy on exactly. TV. Exactly. Yep. That's true. Let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, first of all, when or why did you become a T Wolves fan? So that's a, that's a good question, and I feel like I, I probably need to clear something up here, which is that that's only a recent addition. Okay. Um, so I guess for my fandom over the years, so so my partner, she's from uh, Minnesota, originally Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, and but was living in uh, Minneapolis there. So I sort of started to follow the t- Timberwolves, my West team, maybe five years ago. Prior to that, it was the Raptors. Okay. Uh, we were still the my East team, and again, it was just because uh, basically like I lived there for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but growing up again in Australia, you don't really have a team as much as yeah. a player because there's no sort of affinity for it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I've definitely followed the Wolves closely for the last few years. Okay. That's an interesting point about when you mentioned about following players versus teams because I always just adhered to the idea of like, this is my team, the Raptors, etc. And then a friend of mine is a Vince Carter fan. Oh, yeah. Or he like he was Raptors, Magic, uh, sorry, Raptors, Nets, etc. And then he was the first person I met where I was like, why would I cheer for laundry essentially the player is like the players are what make up the team if a player changes teams like it doesn't make like because a team can be completely gutted but you still have to root for that team absolutely so it made me question you know what's the right way to be a fan but i stick with the raptors you stick with the raptors. i believe again you've got some sort of affinity to it from canada it has um, to be yeah a lot of australian people i've noticed they do have affinity to the players so like you know up until recently most would have defended ben and you yeah. can see they, them jump on board like the 76ers um, mm. at the time. They started selling 4 and 20 pies at the games. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. At the Sixers games? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I that's didn't right. know that. So they like, started to embrace this you know, that's... type of thing. And so there was like, you know, my brother's a big fan of uh, the 76ers yeah. when Ben joined. Again, just supporting Ben mostly and Patty gets a lot of love. That's cool. Yeah. 4 and 20 pies in Philadelphia. Wow. Never thought I'd hear that. <laughs> those aren't like, those are not a quality pie, right? It's just like a frozen... I mean, it, it'll get the job done, stop at the server and grab a pie type of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, in terms of the Timberwolves, why do you think they've been a struggling franchise for so long? It's all just been leading to this 2023 championship, I guess, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hot take early. Um, that's a fair point. I mean, um, to go from nothing to championships seems stark, but it could happen. Uh, look, it could happen. You know, defending playing champions reminds you. True. Uh, look, it's big. I don't know why they've been struggling for so long. Like, I guess you could put it down to all the. Uh, like, I feel like they've. I don't want to say they've been unlucky, but they have been unlucky Somewhat. as far as they've gotten good picks. Uh, you know, Wiggins and whatnot that have yeah. just not worked out. Wiggins, Cat. Uh, they got that Edwards. great uh, Edwards, Anthony Bennett. <laughs> I mean, all he, the, he was all the best. That's first what round I mean. Picks. That all these first round picks, like yeah. shit, you couldn't ask for much more there. <laughs> and maybe it'll just take time to uh, to click. Um, 
But I don't know why they've been as bad as they have. It just feels like they're perpetually rebuilding. Yeah, it does. I think, so just for context, uh, they've made two playoff appearances since 2004. Mm -hmm. They've only made one second round appearance since the inception of the franchise. Yeah, for for the listeners, Pete is cringing right now. Um, It hasn't been great. And like you said, they've had some great players uh, over the last, let's just say, 20 years. Um, obviously KG carried the franchise for a while. He's my favorite player of all time. Um, I was actually pretty happy when he left cause he was just, yeah, it was a cesspool in Minnesota for a while there, but then, yeah, they picked up Kevin Love, uh, and they had a nice couple years there when they had Rubio and Love. They yeah. just never made the playoffs. Absolutely. I remember, um, it was a fun Pe- team. Pekovic. Yeah. That guy's a mountain of a man. Did you hear what happened to him? No. So apparently he was tied to like Eastern European mob scene and like, um, crime really? syndicates. Yeah, it's wow. crazy, crazy story. Uh, Nikola Pekovic, go look him up if you're uh, listening. You'll be interested. There might be a documentary made about him sometime, wow. or uh, an episode of Serial might come out about him. <laughs> I remember that he just had like a negative vertical leap, basically. Yeah, but he was just a mountain I mean, of a man. He looked like the last person on earth that you'd fuck with. Absolutely. Uh, I think that helped uh, K Love get all these boards too, because basically <laughs> Peck would just box them out. That's fair. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, in in terms of more recently too, yeah. So they get Wiggins, uh, like literally picked. Oh no, they they traded Kevin Love for Cleveland's number one pick, which was Wiggins. And then the following season, they had the number one pick. They picked Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. who I still really like, but there's some issues there. Um, and then yeah, they ended up with Edwards in 2020, um, who's fantastic. Uh, he has his own issues these days, but uh, I'm sure he's apologized enough for them. Um, so are you upset that Andrew Wiggins, maybe better known to the audience as Maple Jordan, has become a success story since leaving the Timberwolves? Uh, personally, not. Uh, again, <laughs> I, I was excited when, um, again, I was in Toronto at the time and I was a big Raptors fan. I was like, oh man, what if they get Wiggins, yeah. you know, for that type of thing? Mm. Unfortunately, they did too well. Um <laughs> But, I mean, that was always the story, and it probably still is, when's Wiggins coming home, right? So the Raptors, when he's a free agent next for that type of thing. But, uh, look, it's, again, I feel like uh, it's not going directly to his head that I can see as well, mm. which is good. Uh, but he suits well over there, right, on the Warriors. Like 100%. He's a great defensive player. When, oh, man, when he wants to turn it on as well, insane. Yeah, he turned into, like, the best rebounder on the team. I mean, his vertical leap is, like, you know, a thousand inches, so I don't blame him for <laughs> grabbing all the boards. But his defense, too, like, it wasn't... It's funny, he didn't get any votes. I double-checked this yesterday. He didn't get any votes for all defense. Oh, really? And I'll bet you now, next season, based on reputation of what he did in the playoffs, he'll start to get votes. It's Absolutely. just how these things work. Of course. And with defense, too, like, you can't measure necessarily... Like, numbers... People have looked into this. It's very hard to measure defense accurately. Mm. Versus points where it's like, yeah, he scored 40 points. He's probably good. Um, But defensively, yeah, he's incredible. And he fits in so well on that team in that culture. I think it was meant to be that he would become a secondary or or territory tertiary player uh, to like Clay Thompson and Steph. And now that he's there, I mean, they have a big contract thing coming up with four. So Clay's owed money, Draymond, Wiggins, and uh, Jordan Poole are all like big money dudes. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I'm happy for Wiggins personally, rather than him being bashed on as the number one guy that couldn't deliver. I think it's just expectations. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, Draymond, for all his digs at the uh, Minnesota franchise, basically saying it didn't unlock him. There's some truth there as far as the way they've embraced him uh, in that team, told him this is his role. They've built up his confidence. Yeah. You know? No, 100%. Like, you're not asking him to do too much. And then he can settle into his role and he can be the player he should be or he should have been the whole time. Absolutely. Arguably. Um, now, was last season's postseason appearance a fluke or was it something to build on, do you think? Definitely something to build on. I don't think it was a fluke. Okay. I, mean, I think it was a fluke that they dropped out of the top six and had to go into the play in. Yeah. They were looking pretty good for a while. They were. Um, yeah. I definitely don't think it's a fluke. Uh, they'll definitely be back there, hopefully not in the play in this year. Okay. I don't want to over-talk it too much, but at least the number one seed. <laughs> no, no. i got to think a top four seed, though, right? My, I've been talking to my buddies about this. I don't know... Excuse me. I don't know where to put Minnesota and like anybody after... Just in general, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference to some degree, 
I'm finding it hard to put my predictions in place and be confident. Now, injuries are going to happen, but we're just assuming full health for all these teams, which never happens, but you have to. And like I have Minnesota actually in seventh uh, or sixth, one of those two, but it fluctuates. And I go, yeah, you know, they've added these players, Rudy Gobert, et cetera. But then it's hard to, for me to put them ahead of like Denver, who have Jamal Murray coming back. Jokic carried them most of last year. Um, some of the other really good teams like Memphis is going to be good. Dallas. There's a lot of really like the West is stacked. But I also don't see them missing the playoffs. So I felt like seven was fair. But one is also fair. Um, they're destined for greatness. <laughs> I mean, it's who knows, right? Until they, it, this could all be a really bad experiment. Uh, you know, it, when you play two big men next to each other like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely the best big man that Cats played next to, right? Thousand percent. Has to be. This is probably the best Timberwolves roster ever. You reckon? Which is crazy to think. Yeah. Like the last, I would say. The 4 T-Wolves that made the Western Conference Finals, they had like Garnett, Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell. Those were good players. Great players. They weren't a deep team per mm. se. They were a good team. They, I think they actually had the number one seed that year with like 60 wins. But they weren't a deep team compared to this team, I would say. This is a good roster. Um, so I think it's the best, at least on paper. You're right. It could be a disastrous experiment where, you know, Rudy Gobert is just constantly in the way. Um or it could work out incredibly well because Cat is, like, for all intents and purposes, he's become more of a spot-up shooter yep. with Edwards and Russell uh, and some of the other creators on the team. But I, d- I think if anybody could fit with Gobert as another big man, it should be Cat. But oh, then, yeah. They at least have the spacing, won't he? Yeah. You always hear the argument, too, about that Cat should be the center and then you have four other shooters or four other guys. I don't know. It's, it's definitely an experiment. Um, I'd rather have Gobert than not, personally. Oh yeah, I mean he's if it's incredible, absolutely, and that's you know I'm assuming he's just going to be on defense, right? Basically, and then he's a good lob threat, and that's part of what was underrated about him in Utah is like he would constantly be diving on pick and rolls. So then the guys like, oh, there might be a lob here, opens up the floor for the guy with the ball. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. Gobert, I think he got a lot of negative press unfairly in Utah because. He's paid a lot of money, and he's one-dimensional, quote-unquote. But he was as transcendent a defensive player as I've seen, or he is still. And uh, he was pretty good on offense. He just, he, I guess because he doesn't shoot, and he doesn't have post moves, like obviously Shaq's going to attack him, as we've seen. Like, you know, you need to learn some post moves, whatever. But, yeah, I think he'll be actually kind of similar to Wiggins. They're going to ask him to do less in Minnesota. Absolutely. And that should help him focus on what he's good at, which is probably being the best or most impactful defensive player in the NBA. Absolutely. You got to think as well, like Cat can take players off defensively, right? Like if he's guarding... Well, actually, <laughs> more he so than he already has. More, I guess, actually. How are they going to run against teams that run those yeah. small ball lineups? That's yeah. going to be tricky. Well, that's where in the playoffs, like you see some team... Like Golden State goes small. You have Wiggins at the four. So Wiggins will be matching up with Cat. Yeah. That's not great. Um, because then you can't you can't go the other way and you go cat on like Draymond and then go bear on Wiggins. Wiggins is going to torch him. <laughs> yep. So it's a a bit of a lose lose there. But I also don't think you should focus on like if you're strategizing, you don't focus on how you're going to play against the Warriors. You start by focusing on how are we going to be the best team mm. and how are they going to defend us and worry about us first. Yep. You worry about matchups as you're in those matchups, but. It's a good point. It could be a drawback. Um, we'll see. And I also didn't like them uh, giving up um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Oh, you like him? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, he's the guy—he was perfect in there, right? Like he's just energetic and gets rebounds, basically. Yeah, uh, he was a good fit next to Cat. Exactly, a great fit next to Cat. A versatile three-four kind of guy. I think they're going to miss him. I know some people that would agree with you. I know one other T Wolves fan, and he was a big fan of Vanderbilt as well. Uh, he was ecstatic that they kept McDaniels for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'd be nice to have both of them. You kind of need that sort of swingman for these days in the NBA. In terms of Cat versus Anthony Edwards, who do you think you'd build around? Um, I still go Cat. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like Edwards, there's definitely going to be more off court drama, I think, for sure. He is young. He's like 21 years old, I think. He's hilarious, but every time he gets in front of the media, they must be nervous over there, the PR. Yeah. What was that shit about the Benny Harness and taking his own sauce down there or (sighs) cooking his own food? 
hilarious. He's, he is hilarious. He's like a unfiltered type of guy, which I respect actually, and I think it's it's a breath of fresh air amongst you know the the PC world these days. But then you know he goes on social media and he does the homophobia stuff. And again, like I don't want to actually accuse him of being a homophobe. I think he just was caught in a bad moment. He's apologized since then. It wasn't a great look, but you're right. I think he'll be in for more PR problems. Absolutely. It'll happen again and again and again <laughs> okay. with him. Uh, but an entertaining player, nonetheless, where I just feel like Cat's got a cleaner image. And I feel like he does. He's got a, uh, I mean, he's not, he's only 26. So he's still got time to build around him, right? Like it's not. I think so. Yeah. Time. Who would you take? Well, I personally would probably take Edwards by like a very slim margin, but it's not an easy choice. Both of them are like one of the best already at their positions. Um, Edwards, I think his game fits well with the future of the NBA. Uh, he's a creator. He's strong. He's super athletic. Do you remember that dunk he had on Utah Watanabe? Oh, that was filthy. That's one of the best dunks I've seen in the last 20 years. It also feels like he's going to be injury prone with the top. He just runs like into those Like a psycho dunks, athlete? Eh? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, it's a good point. It's a bit reckless. Uh, people are still concerned with John Morant about that, actually, that he doesn't know how to land and all that stuff. I mean, I don't know how much truth there is to it, but like, you just can't jump that high all the time. and you got to like, rein it in a bit. Recklessly, Zion you know? gets the same thing, actually. Absolutely. He's Actually, if you watch him rookie year uh, to his second and third year, like Zion's reined it in a bit. Like He's not trying to dunk everything, Yep. Uh, which must be hard for him. Like The guy's a freak. Yep. So, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, Edwards, maybe keep it down. But uh, we also love poster dunks, so keep it up. All right, so now we'll talk a bit about the Raptors. Um, I don't know if you've been following the Raptors much recently. Not over the summer. What's been going on? They've had a pretty quiet summer. Uh, they re-signed Thaddeus Young. Uh, Damn, he must be old at this point. Yeah, he's like 34 or something like that. Good vet. Good to have on the team. He fits what they're doing of like six, eight guys that can defend every and play every position, basically versatile playmakers smart players um but yeah he's pretty old uh he's just a bench player but uh, i think what's next for this so they made the playoffs last year they lost in six games i actually picked them to get swept uh to the sixers but then yeah they looked promising siakam had a bounce back year apparently he's talking about wanting to be mvp or top five it's lofty i mean that's good i mean shouldn't every player want that though yeah yeah you're not wrong um, I'm more inclined to think Scotty Barnes is the next MVP of the team. Like last year, I was saying they should trade Siakam at peak value and then just let Scotty run the show. Yep. Scotty is, I mean, they have a lot of options in terms of ball creation, but Scotty could be the lead point guard for the team and let Fred Van Vliet do more of like off ball stuff and Siakam. Um, but I'm excited to see Scotty this year. Did you watch him at all last year? Oh, yeah. Watched him plenty. And I know that you're very high on he's an Scotty. I, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. You're maybe like a little bit biased, maybe, Mac, just Probably. a little bit. Like, do you think the narrative changes much? Not for you, I know. But if Mobley did win Rookie of the Year, like everyone's high on Scotty now because he was the rookie, right? Well, yeah. Either way you went, I, I think you're right. I think if he didn't win Rookie of the Year, Scotty would be a notch in terms of expectations, a notch below what he is now. Um, and it's funny. It seems like people are higher on Mobley I think, from what I've seen and read, people are higher on Mobley than they are on Barnes, despite Barnes winning Rookie of the Year. Because Mobley's like this seven-foot freak that can defend the, the perimeter, and he's got a jump shot, and uh, he's a shot-blocking machine. So he could be like the future of the Cavs next to Mitchell and uh, Darius Garland and all them. But I like Barnes just because he's a prototypical NBA player for the modern era, and that he can play every single position. Uh, and he he gives so much of a shit. Like it's it, yep. his passion is pretty incredible. I think there were some games where like the team, let's say they're on a back to back on the road and Scotty would pick them up as a rookie. Like yep. he showed so much leadership. Um, I was pretty impressed by the guy. So I'm expecting them to make the second round. I have them, I think in seventh place, seventh seed. Oh, upset um, in the first round then you reckon already? I think so. Yeah. Okay. They'll, they'll ups upset somebody. I think there's some weird stuff going on in the East. Like you have the Boston situation, like who knows how that's going to affect the team? They have this interim head coach, uh, who's who, never. Who is that? Uh, I don't even remember his name. He's he's gone from an assistant 
his like one one of his first assistant roles in the NBA to head coach. All oh, right. Like he he doesn't have that much experience. I'm sure he's a great coach, given that he's now the head coach. Um, but I feel like Boston's in for a weird season. Um, I think some of the other teams, Philadelphia could be make or break. I'm picking them first. I think they're going to have an incredible season. Okay. But yeah, depending on who they play, let's say they played Milwaukee. I could see them upsetting Milwaukee. I think Toronto's good enough. Again, really, a little bit wow. of a bias. I'm not going to lie. A lot of bit of bias. <laughs> a lot of bit. But I just trust in Nick Nurse. I mean, Nick Nurse should be... He should go into the running for Prime Minister of Canada. The, the man just knows his stuff. I just... Yeah, I, I can't see them making like a deep run. Maybe out of the first round. Maybe. It's a tough conference. You know, but... Uh. I think you might be right. And also... I think what's also worth addressing with the Raptors, at least with the fans, is I've noticed since they won the championship, there's like a there was a an influx of casual fans. Oh yeah, where they go, oh, this team won the title, therefore they're contenders from here on out. Yep, and that's not really how it works. Plus, you know, we had a hired mercenary in Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, who came in and had like one of the best playoff runs ever. I mean, and then he left the next year. Like it's yeah. unprecedented. And on that, uh, controversial, but I'd rather not have won and kept Debo. I just feel like that's a hot winning take. with Debo would have just meant so much more, right? It, it would. It did feel like a bought championship to a degree. Like it, it was a mercenary. I know it was good. It was a great run, but it wasn't legacy building at all. It was just like a hey, let's just buy a win here. Oh man, that's a tough. <laughs> I have conflicting thoughts. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed watching Kawhi like turn into a monster. I always felt like DeRozan wasn't equipped to, and we we had, he had an amazing season last year. Oh yeah, I mean people were calling him MVP. Let's chill out a bit, but uh, he had an incredible season. But when he was in Toronto, the the and you could also probably blame Dwayne Casey. They'd run into LeBron and they'd turn into like children. It was yeah. like we can't beat this guy. They defeated themselves. Which, you know, is an interesting point. What would have happened if that Raptors ran into the Cleveland LeBron, you know? Is it just good timing? I'd like to think that Kawhi was the difference, and unfortunately he didn't stick around. Well, hold on. They had the LeBron stop a PJ Tucker, <laughs> and if that couldn't get past them. True. Yeah, that's a great point. They didn't have to run into LeBron. So is there, should there be an asterisk next to any championship you didn't run into LeBron from the <laughs> 2000 to 2000? And- yeah. You know? Maybe, yeah, we could uh, we could unpack that at a later time. That's an interesting point. LeBron was like the the gatekeeper. Um, he kind of was for the East. Oh yeah, honest. eight straight finals. It's kind of wild, but no, like in terms of the DeRozan thing, you're 100 percent correct. It would have meant infinitely more. You know, DeRozan Lowry, best friends, blah blah blah. Um, it was kind of like I'm sure Masai Ujiri had a hell of a a day or a week when he had to make that decision and then execute. Oh yeah, like hey, Demar, uh, you're no longer a Raptor. Apparently, he hung up on him straight away. DeRozan did. Really? That yeah, was a tough oh, conversation. Man. So that must have been rough. Um, but when you have a chance to get Kawhi Leonard, I can understand everything that happened and why it played out that way. I'm just, hell of a gamble. Hell of a gamble. I guess it paid off, but I don't know. I just would have rather of. I don't know. Maybe but, that's hard to say. It's really tough, and I I like that you brought that up because it's a great discussion point. Just what DeRozan meant to the team, like he had like year after year expressed how much he wanted to be a Raptor. It was like, you know, he's meant to be here, blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, nah, see you later. Yeah. It's a tough business. It is a tough business. Could be worse though. It could be Isaiah Thomas, um, where just before you're about to get paid, they essentially gaslight you into playing injured. Yeah. And then you make your injury worse and then you get traded. Mm. That uh, was rough. That was incredibly rough. So shout out to Danny Ainge. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the Raptors at this point? Not really. I just need to bring back Aaron Gray, I reckon. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and things will be all peachy from there. Oh, man. I don't know, but there's there's something about... That was a fun time, a fun era. You know, Amir Johnson, all those guys. Yeah, I loved Amir Johnson. It's just a fun team, and you weren't expected to win. Mm. And I, I'm guessing this, I've got that emotional tie being there at the time. But I love that. I just, I just like the ride and die with them when they're bad type of thing. Yeah. No, you're. that's a great point. And uh, watching DeRozan struggle, even, even through all that, and Lowry as well struggling a lot, there was something romantic about that team. Um, but I do want to say, if DeRozan was never traded that we never would have seen that Kawhi shot. That shot was unbelievable. True. And everything else in that playoff run was cool, but 
I mean, that shot was like one in a million special. Okay, so now I wanted to have my guest bring on his own topic. Uh, so what have you got for us, Pete? One I did, uh, we did chat about briefly. Laurie Markkinen? Uh, Laurie, we've covered off. Dan Gilbert getting done for some type of scandal and LeBron being open to buy the Cavs. Doesn't it feel storybook? Kind of. Ending? And it might not be them, but I like prediction, bold prediction. After LeBron retires, these scandals aren't done. I reckon they're sitting on a few now with a strategic view of getting LeBron into ownership for how much he means to the sport. That's a very interesting point. Um, LeBron has already expressed... In, I think he's mentioned that he wants to buy a team if it went to Vegas. Yeah, I guess he could be one of the expansion teams. Yeah, I didn't consider that. Or both. Because imagine if he was like, I'm going to go over to Europe and buy a team if you guys won't let me, and I know that I'm taking a fan base with me, and I'm going to start making it bigger yeah, over there. That's a great point. Yeah, I think just to... There's so many parts to this. I don't even know where to start. So in terms of Dan Gilbert, like uh, with any of these owners, I'd like to believe that they're nice people that don't you know, abuse their power and take advantage of people or whatever. Um, but as we've seen now with at least in recent memory in the last 10 years, two owners that are like blatantly racist and sexist, mm-hmm. I don't think it bodes well uh, in terms of probability that the rest of the owners are clean. Uh, but again, clean is not a, there's not like a definition. Um, it's just like, don't be a shitty person, I guess, is a good way, good place to start. But I think you're right. The dirty laundry might get aired soon. Um, there's at least one owner who's on those flight logs of Epstein. You know <laughs> it. You know it. I didn't, yeah, I haven't looked through those. I'm sure you're right. Is that publicly accessible? It is, yeah. Oh, wow. I've, someone, yeah, someone had posted it on Reddit. I didn't look through them. In terms of Dan Gilbert, I think, yeah, over the course of the last however many years, I think he's cleaned up his image. You know, they, they won the title, and that's helped reputation and stuff. But then if he gets ousted and LeBron gets slotted in, that's almost too obvious, isn't it? Like, of course, he's the homegrown child and, like, mm. comes back. It would be a storybook as you could think of anything. But I can also see LeBron favoring just a new start in like Vegas because that's yeah. profit city I would imagine that is true actually I didn't consider that as an option it's kind of like you know NJ not buying the bulls but taking over Charlotte yeah. Charlotte kind of building a thing and ruining a new legacy over there what do you reckon about this one sort of off the cuff JJ Redick how long until he becomes a coach Um, I think he actually likes his life right now as a basically a, a sports journalist He's done really well. He's got a contract with ESPN recently. Uh, his podcast is one of the most successful basketball po- NBA podcasts, um, right behind the Macroball podcast. Um, I don't think. I mean, he could become a coach. A lot of these players just want to stick around basketball. Like in listening to interviews over the years, a lot of guys just miss. Like when you're a player, you're around the guys and you like hang out and you're having fun playing a sport for a living like how does it get better than that you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah so then if you can stick around in, in the ranks and if you're a competitive person like i'm sure he is he wants to get that juice flowing again yep maybe he'll go into coaching um but i feel like he's best suited as a journalist really okay um don't get me wrong he's a fantastic journalist but i just think he'd be a great player coach look how, look how he gets these young guys onto his pod and whatnot the respect he gets from them yeah you know he would he'd be a fantastic coach worst um, case maybe a shooting coach absolutely yeah, maybe I know. he does that in his spare time. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about JJ. Uh, maybe I could see it in the next maybe ten years. He's he's still like 38 or something. Oh yeah, he's got time. He's got plenty of time. And he'll go as an assistant first somewhere else. But like, didn't Reggie go straight to and Steve Kerr straight to broadcasting and then? Um. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think what happens too with if if players show interest. And they're already kind of in the limelight, and they have notoriety. Then it's like, hey, how do you th- how do you feel about becoming a coach? I could see like Draymond Green becoming a coach. Uh, Chris Paul rings a bell in terms of like oh, yeah. likeliest mm-hmm. future coaches. Uh, and there's a bunch of other guys. It's I feel like it's more commonly role players. Yeah. And I think it was uh, always oh, Willie Green, the coach of the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. He explained from his perspective as a role player throughout his career, he can kind of 
understand every part of a team. Yep. Whereas I feel like if you're the superstar, like if LeBron became a coach, you're just in a different your yeah. reputation is totally different and you have you command the room differently. So, yeah, that's an interesting... J.J. Redick was a role player, so... That's what I mean. Like, I feel like he would gel well. Yeah. Because uh, they generally don't bring an ego, those guys, right? They know they might be running... Like, he ran through screens, run around all night. You might not get shots, mm-hmm. but they do it anyway, and they... Yeah. It's a good know. point. Westbrook resurgence here. We're going to see it? I'm leaning more towards no than oh, yes. Really? Okay. But I feel like the new coach is probably a good thing because Vogel... Was I mean he was given he's being he was asked to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, um, and he didn't do a great job of it. Not to not to say anyone could have, but I think their roster is a bit it's a bit more suited for the LeBron Davis Westbrook trio. Mm-hmm. It's a bit more oriented to make sense, whereas last year was just like a collection of guys. It's just like roll the ball out and try to make it work. It seemed like they didn't play any defense. Uh, Westbrook and Beverly is a weird combo. Yeah. Even though they can play nice at media day and kiss, like shake hands and all that, all the rest of it. Um, one of them tricked y'all and we <laughs> we're going to figure out who it was this year, I think. Um, but no, that's a good point. I think I'm leaning more towards no than yes. Okay. What if I had to put it another way, which was who's going to have a resurgence year or most likely out of these three, Ben Simmons, Westbrook or Oladipo? Simmons has the the highest potential in his return. I think he's God. He's a great fit on that team. If oh. like just on paper, yeah. Eliminate the fact that uh, Kyrie is a bit of a mental case, and then Durant requested a trade and then rescinded it, and everything's quote unquote all good now. Uh, and they're going to focus on the season. If Simmons comes back fully healthy, mental health issues in check, um, and everything's cool, it's a great team. Like, really exciting team. I actually picked them as of right now. My gut is that they'll miss the playoffs. Really? But they have such a good roster that I wow. wouldn't be shocked if they're a top three seed. Jeez. Like, I just don't trust Steve Nash as the coach of that team. Wow. And I love Steve Nash. Like, by all counts, one of the greatest basketball personalities. Slash Canadians. Slash Canadians, yeah. Legendary uh, Canuck. Um, yeah, I would pick Simmons out of those three. Okay. But I'm not confident in any of them. I don't think Oladipo. I think Oladipo comes back and he's like moderately better. Mm. But he, I don't think he's going to come back to being an All Star. I don't think so either. Not with that team anyway. Like there's not enough touches either. Exactly. Um, and they actually just re-signed Tyler Hero to uh, 130 million dollars. So he's standing in the way. Around. Over how many years? Uh, probably at least four. Jesus. Yeah. Damn. So uh, Oladipo has some roadblocks in the way of minutes. Oh. And I, I always get caught up in the uh, media hype on um, Media Day. Like, you know, did you see that clip of Westbrook, uh, AD, and LeBron having a little three-point shootout? No, I didn't see that. Oh, they're all having a good time, and Westbrook's sinking them. And like, oh, He's man. sinking them? Yeah. Okay. Good he, wins the, he wins the little shootout. And they, then, let, they let him win. It's like when you go on a, a date with a girl, and it's like, all right, I'll let you beat me in mini putt. Choose your prize from the, anything from the top yeah. shelf, Westbrook. <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna pick some topics out of a hat. All right, I've got a whoops, I've got a, a pile of random topics I've had just written down in a document, and I'm picking them out of a Seattle SuperSonics hat. Okay. So shout out to the future uh, 31st or 32nd team. Pick a pick a topic, Pete. All right, with the first pick, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Bennett. <laughs> Do you think LeBron cares more about winning another ring or two or playing with his son, Bronny? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay. So I would say at this point it's about playing with his son because he's about to pass 20 seasons in the NBA. In terms of health, it's hard to believe he can play another, you know, three, four seasons to allow his son to get into the NBA and play with him. But I reckon that he also wants to win another ring. So I'm a bit conflicted about it. What do you think? Uh, look, I think playing with Bronny is nice, but I don't think it's actually realistic or going to happen. I know everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, New York will draft him and then he'll sign over there. Like, they just, I think the reality is, well, is Bronny going to get drafted? That's a pretty big ask already. Yeah. 
Well, the thing is, there's a Bill Simmons podcast. He had Brian Windhorst on, who's like an ESPN guy who's followed. He's kind of been a pseudo LeBron journalist for years. Yep. He actually went to the same high school uh, that LeBron did. But he was based in Cleveland, and he followed the ascension of LeBron's career and all the rest of it. And now he's been uh, kind of keeping us up to date on Bronny and also Bryce, his other son, who is apparently apparently Better. more of a prospect, which is crazy. Because, like, unfortunately, to me anyway, unfortunately, Bronny's name is LeBron James Jr. Yep. Like, how much pressure can you put on a kid? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. So, I don't know about playing with Bryce because he's, like, two years – or one year younger than Bronny is. Um, but ultimately, I think LeBron like would love to have his cake and eat it too. I think he'd love another ring and then finish his career playing one season with Bronny. But at least if he finished playing with Bronny, I think that's what he's after. I I think if he gets the chance to, he definitely will, and that that would be more important to him. Uh, I just yeah. think it's such a slim chance. Like, Do you remember when uh, MJ's kids were coming up? Yeah. yeah Marcus. And hyped. Yep. And Jeffrey, Really hyped. Uh, they both played D1, I think, in college, did they? Or D1 D- or D2, D2 yeah. yeah. But they never made it to the... Like, it's such a tall order to expect yeah. to just make it in the top, what, 60 people. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it's such an outside shot. So, yeah, LeBron definitely got to take that chance if it's there. It's a good point, actually. I didn't consider the, the Jordan thing. Like, they weren't... Obviously, they didn't have Jordan's height or athleticism. Um, Bronny's only 6'2", isn't he? At this point, yeah. I yeah. think he's 16 or 17. But um, they also didn't. I don't think they had Jordan's like uh, insane competitiveness. I don't know if LeBron's kids will have it either. And I think that's what pushes these athletes over the edge. Is like, yes, you're six nine. Yes, you're two sixty. Yes, you're the fastest guy on the court. Yeah, yada yada. But you're also the most psychopathic competitor on the court. Yep. And you're just like, I'm going to kill everybody in order to win. But if they do have some of that. I can see Bronny going in the first round. I would not be shocked Mm -hmm. because he's still got time to improve uh, from where he already is right now. By all accounts, he plays the game the right way. People love playing with him, which he takes after his dad, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he does like the the pressure on him to become an NBA player versus what he actually is, kind of in reality. Yep. um, Or the, the more realistic expectations we should put on him. I think there's a pretty big gap between those. Absolutely. All right, topic number two. Uh, I'll let you hold the hat. Okay. <laughs> Very simple. What's your take on Kyrie Irving? <laughs> what does the word visionary mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is my take? He's terrible for a lot of reasons, mostly because the impression that he puts on young kids, I think, is... I saw Kareem was actually going after him today. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so I think it's one thing to have those opinions which you know potentially dangerous um, and then it's another to you know have the platform that he has to be able to to share that with the world and there's a lot of impressionable kids who, who love Kyrie uh, as a player absolutely one of the most skilled offensive players amazing there's no there's no denying that I don't know which, actually I guess the question didn't ask which way you wanted to take it but yeah in my opinion like I don't know it's and I wouldn't want him on my team either. Like, if is he yeah. going to get a max contract, a five-year max in the next... You'd have to be crazy to give it to him because he ain't turning up. Hard to believe. You know, like... Only the most desperate teams, I think, would give him that. I think so. Uh, which will be interesting to see where he lands, right? Because someone will. You know, Indiana or something will be like, oh, shit, just come, you know. I could see, honestly, the Lakers even taking a stab, even though it's still crazy town. Um, because there were already rumors of trading, somehow trading Westbrook for Irving or some sort of combination of that, or yep. maybe even a third team involved. But um, the, yeah, like for Kyrie Irving to say, like to go on about the things that he does. Did you see he, he posted on Instagram, I believe it was a story about how Alex Jones was right all along. Oh, Christ. He's no, just, I didn't say that. Like, I agree with you. He's He's got the platform and then he spreads... He spouts absolute nonsense like yep. all the time. And of course, I first of all believe in freedom of speech and like the right to say your opinion, etc. But like he has zero self-awareness of like what you're talking about, but then he I feel like he he wants to believe he's an expert or he's like a uh he's like a, a unique mind, well he is for all intents and purposes. But it just seems like it's it's very ego-driven and uh he just 
yeah, I, I wouldn't have him on my team either. I agree. But like if I was to like if you start by the layer like if I want to build a team and you start by saying who's talented uh, or you're picking based on talent, I'd have him in my top ten probably. His mm, talent and yep. his skill level is like honestly some of the best I've ever seen. Yep. His finishing, his ball handling, he can shoot the lights out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a game last year where he dropped 60 on Orlando. It was like effortless. But then you have to bring in all the rest of these factors. And I've said before on the podcast, like if, if one day Kyrie just decided, you know what, screw basketball. I'm going to go become an artist in, you know, Florence, Italy. Yep. And it's like, that's the rest of my life. Like no one should be shocked. No, like, he's just a wild it's, card. Absolutely. And that's what I would be worried about if I'm a Nets uh, general manager, owner, teammate. Uh, let alone all the nonsense he talks in terms of his opinions. Like, the guy's just a loose cannon, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't have him on my team as talented as he is. I, I agree, and I don't know who can possibly, if anyone personality-wise can rein him in. Like, you think playing Who's the next Kyrie to LeBron, whisperer? Yeah, and then KD was like, oh, they're chill, like they're going to respect each other. Ky- KD's like, I'm out, dog. Um, <laughs> the thing is with yeah just with that Duran and him were like best well we're probably still best friends yep. but that doesn't mean like Duran's not a hard keep you in line personality no. like Duran is as laid back as anybody yep. so. so that's what I mean like I don't know what type of coach would command respect from him maybe Alex Jones is a head coach <laughs> maybe that's what it takes oh my lord you know I like... couldn't think of a worse head coach <laughs> like a person with no eyes is probably a better head coach than Alex Jones. <laughs> All right, you pick. All right. We'll do one more topic. Okay. All right. What's your take on Kawhi Leonard and load management? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I think what's happened is so with I don't know if you know much about uh, Kawhi Leonard and why this load management thing is happening. From what I've read, he actually has a degenerative issue with his knees, okay. or at least one knee. And so load management, which kind of started in uh, Toronto after the injury that he had with San Antonio that was quote-unquote misdiagnosed, he went and got a second opinion, and then it turned into a brouhaha. So then he went to Toronto, and Toronto was like, yeah, well, sure, we'll give you whatever you want. If you want to take games off, we respect that. Basically kind of like courting him to stay because it's like, yeah, we won't do what San Antonio did. Like, We'll take care of you. So then it's turned into a thing of sort of player empowerment of like, I have a right to decide whether I'm healthy or not kind of, or if I'm prepared to play tonight mm-hmm. or over the next week or whatever. And with Kawhi, I think he's an isolated case given, like I said, I believe he has a degener- degenerative issue with his knees where if it's not managed, then it actually gets worse. So I think what he's doing is prolonging his career at this point, but then similar to mental health issues i feel like there's a there's a pretty wide gray area of like is this a legitimate concern for you or are you just abusing your right to sit out because it's not good to question the player now with more player empowerment that comes about so now you see other players kind of doing the same thing and then that obviously brings in the concerns of like fans pay good money to go to the games uh the the owners are paying the players to play the games etc uh, it's very complicated, and I think what Kawhi did was good for himself, but not necessarily worth being an option for everybody else. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. It's, um, you know, I, I see it as it's the NBA version of quietly quitting. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. hey, does it really matter here? I'm not trying to go above and beyond. I'm just trying to get through the regular season here. Especially regular season. I don't yeah. want to work after hours and weekends. Let's just <laughs> Let's just cruise through. Yeah. Uh, and and, he's, he's and, a visionary. Oh, that's a good take. And also, just on that, like back-to-backs, I can understand why any player Usually. would be like, I don't want to play back-to-backs. You're always going to get like the old-school guys going, oh, we all played 82 games, like suck it up. It's like that doesn't mean it was good for you to play 82 games. Exactly. You just happen to play them. Exactly. And I think that that analogy of the quietly quitting thing ties <laughs> back. It's exactly that. We used to work 80 hours, and it's like, yeah, and you're all really miserable, and your body's fucked. Yeah. No, it's that's a great point. Wow, um, visionary, strong, but uh, <laughs> Kawhi is a um, yeah. He he's the uh, sort of the torch holder for the idea of load management and and rest. Uh, it, yeah, it's one of those really hard things, right? To um, 
penalized in the NBA. It was like, oh, is he actually injured or not? Like when remember when Coach uh, Pop got that big fine for sitting uh, Duncan, Duncan, he's Kawhi, yeah. Manu, and that's uh, right, Tony Parker against the Heat. That was a big fine too, from memory. And it was a, like I could under, I think it was the year after they played in the finals, or mm. it might not have been, but it was around the time where both teams were really good. So then the NBA is going like, you can't do that. This is a marquee yep. matchup, blah blah blah. But I respect that the Spurs would have done that because like they're just trying to get through the regular season, and like again, those guys are <laughs> Tim Duncan, Parker, and Manu. They've been playing together for years. I guess they were in the later stages of their career. If they didn't feel like they were healthy then it's like all right let's take a game off i don't know like i couldn't even give you a number of like what's an acceptable amount of like if let's say we gave every player in the nba which now it sounds kind of absurd but let's say we gave everybody eight games they could take off a year yep revitalized days we'll call them <laughs> um do you think that's a like it's an arbitrary number yeah i don't know where you draw the line uh, look, maybe that's not a bad way of doing it, but then what happens if you're injured past those eight days? What do you go in negative next year's revitalized yeah, days? They it's, don't roll uh, over. Exactly. No, it's a good it's a good point. Maybe that's the way to do it, and maybe they get paid accordingly for. Or if the players didn't get paid for their injured days, which I know the union would never allow, I'm pretty sure you'd see a lot more people playing. But then they'd just be hoisting up threes until they get benched. <laughs> I'll let Andrew Bynum. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody definitively give an answer that like makes the most sense mm. i think but, both sides have merit but there has to be like a do you feel like any players have do you think Kawhi is abusing it i didn't know his circumstances until you just explained them then i don't even think he's abusing it um i'd have to think for most players they they want to play when they can i so think so not, you know so it's kind of almost like a why would I sit out if I could play I love this game because I've made it to the absolute top tier. And it's my favorite thing to do is basketball. Absolutely unless you're Andrew Bottom. Yeah, of course. And it's like his ninth favorite thing to do. <laughs> um actually that brings up an interesting point as well, is there are teams now that are overmanaging, you could argue, injuries. So like, for example, Jamal Murray mm. was apparently healthy to play in March. Okay. And Denver was like, No, you need to sit. Yep. Uh Zion was overmanaged, which again he's bit of a different kettle of fish to jamal murray um given he's it seems like zion's health is very kid gloved yeah where it's like oh my god this guy's made of glass like we really need to take care of him apparently he's lost weight so good for him but um yeah there's a there's a a, a weird balance of like the kawaii's where it's like oh i'm taking some time off because i feel like it essentially uh or there's legitimate reasons and then there's guys that want to play but the team holds them back yeah so I can kind of understand that who's going to be that guy on the team to go like this guy, you, you're putting your stamp on it. This guy won't get injured. He's healthy enough. Cause then as soon as they get injured, you're better off just erring on the side of caution. If you're any of those team doctors being like, he's probably fine, but I'm not going to clear him. Yeah. With Kawhi specifically, I get it. Um, I expect him to be pretty healthy this year, but I also don't expect him to play 60 games. Um, but when he's in, like, playoff Kawhi is a different breed. So oh, yeah. I think that's what everybody just kind of waits for. Yep. Um, yeah. Whether or not it's fair to put the onus on the rest of the team to, quote-unquote, carry through the season yep. before they kind of, like, unleash the, the big dog, I don't know. I mean, that made sense, right? Because it was, um, like, with the Warriors last year, I think it was Jordan Poole and um, Andrew Wiggins led in minutes, I want to say. Yep. Uh, and it makes sense. Carry him through. And then the playoffs, obviously, they're not leading in minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But you need those younger guys to carry you through the regular season. All right, so it's time for a little bonus content. Um, I thought to close out the episode, we could get nice and introspective. Um, I think we've had pretty good chats so far, but it's about to get even better. I want this to feel like we're on mushrooms, and we have Carl Sagan's Cosmos playing in the background. And who better to give us high-quality nuggets of wisdom than Kyrie Irving and Jaden Smith? <laughs> Two of the great philosophers of our time, oh. of any time, really. You put them up there with Socrates, uh, Descartes, all those people. For the record, I did try my very best to double check, and I can confirm these are quotes said unironically without any sarcasm. This is legitimate information. Wow. So let's play. Who said it? Kyrie Irving or Jaden Smith? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Number one, how can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? 
Uh, really deep thoughts there. Uh, look, that's got to be Jaden. Surely. Actually, yeah, it's got to be Jaden. You would be correct. <laughs> Number two. You never learn anything in school. Think about how many car accidents happen every day. Driver's Ed, what's up? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Jaden again. Correct. On fire. There you go. All right. Pete's doing well. Number three, I want to be on the cover of GQ. That's a personal goal. I want to be interviewed by GQ on camera, and I want to do a freestyle for GQ like Drake. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for the, for the trick here. It sounds again like Jaden, but uh, yeah, I'll go Jaden again. It was Kyrie Irving. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It's a weird, weird quote, isn't it? When did he say that? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know when he said that, but uh, it was at an interesting time in his life, obviously. <laughs> All right. There is a certain aspect of life in which I want to tell people about, which is this true journey of really becoming a complete individual and total freedom of thought. Got to be Kyrie. Correct. It's a hell of a it's jumbled woke. words. Just woke as. Yeah. Just word central. Nothing really connects that well. If you really think about it from a landscape of the way we travel, the way we move, and the fact that can you really think of us rotating around the sun and all planets align, rotating in specific dates, being perpendicular with what's going on with these, quote, planets and stuff like this? I think that was Galileo. It was. Uh, it's got to be Kyrie, it's, It right? was neither Jaden or Kyrie. It was Galileo. No, that was Kyrie, yeah. That is Wow, I've never heard nonsense. that full part of... Like, I know he thought the Earth was flat, but I hadn't actually heard him try to justify it. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> there is no concrete information except for information they are giving us. They are particularly putting you in a direction of what to believe and what not to believe. The truth is right there. You just have to go searching for it. Uh, Alex Jones. <laughs> uh, Kyrie. Correct. Just recognize work, work, recognize work, you know? <laughs> All right. They want you to believe the sun is hot. I urge you to ask yourself, have they ever touched it? Think about it. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> these are good. I'm going to go Jaden. Correct. All right. I'm not going to say I'm going to be the Lauren Hill of the game and leave early before I get to my prime. But that's what my best friend told me. This is Kyrie. It is, actually. It sounds like like all of these are pretty vague yeah. in terms of who it could be. I would have thought that was a Jaden quote because he's a I rapper. I vaguely remember that one. He's an artist, but yeah. I have a presence and aura about me that's very reality-based. It didn't come in the form of living in this false world and not being able to tell the truth to somebody. Kyrie. I don't even know what that means. What is that? I have... I'm just going to read that back again. I have a presence and aura about me that's very reality-based. It didn't come in the form of living in this false world and not being able to tell the truth to somebody. I don't know, man. Do you think he realizes the words that are coming out of his mouth? Like, do you think he would win this game? Or he'd be like, <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't think he recognizes the own absurdity, no. The moment that truth is organized, it becomes a lie. Ooh, that sounds like Jaden. Correct. I think you've only got one wrong. All right, here's a good one. Because your mind has a duality to it, so when one thought goes into your mind, it's not just one thought. It has to bounce off both hemispheres of the brain. When you're thinking about something happy, you're thinking about something sad. When you think about an apple... You also think about the opposite of an apple. It's a tool for understanding mathematics and things with two separate realities. Kyrie, the question was, how did you find the Golden State Warriors <laughs> defense tonight? Uh, I'm going to go Jaden. Correct. Uh, if you're very much woke, there's no such thing as distractions. Kyrie? Yes. can't believe you're getting all these. I guess maybe they're it's obvious. Got a good feel for them, you know? Yeah. 
when you party, I'm on the treadmill. When you sleep, I'm on the treadmill. When I tweet, I'm on the treadmill. <laughs> Remember this. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Jaden. Correct. Yeah. God damn. Dinosaurs. They make they find one bone and make up ninety eight percent of it digitally. Kyrie. Yes. Man. Alright, and the final one. Fuck me. I know, right? It's crazy. If newborn babies could speak, they would be the most intelligent beings on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was waiting for a trick uh, trick question where they both said it together or something. It's uh Oh, surely not, Kyra. Jaden. Yes. Nice work. I'm actually... I'll give you props. You did you extremely go. well. You got one wrong out of... I think that was 15 questions. Lost a bit of faith in humanity during the process, but... We all did. That's and, crazy. And you listeners at home, don't give up just because these people exist and, and speak about these things. But, um, yeah, that was... Uh, who said it? Kyrie Irving or Jaden Smith? That's going to do it for another episode of the Macroball Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Thanks for joining, Pete. It was a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. And uh, see you on the next episode, which should be the season preview for the 2022-2023 season. So stay tuned. Bye now.